Disclaimer. The views, information, or opinions discussed in this UCC podcast series are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of the UCLA University Catholic Center and its staff. If you have any questions or comments concerning the information, leave a comment below or email us at catholicconvos at gmail.com. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit, teach us how to pray. Lord, the friendships that you've given us are so good and just. You reach out your heavenly hand to us to prop us up when we need that support. You teach us how to become better individuals so that we strive to become saints, carrying on your mission that you have sent your Son to do all those years ago. In the silence of our hearts, you speak to us. And we are captivated by your love, for your love is the greatest gift of all. It is so hard to feel that gift sometimes, O oh Lord. Oftentimes we lack the courage to converse with you, to spend a little moment of our time to be with you. Help us, Lord, to center our lives around you, to fully capture the beauty of prayer, and to pray unceasingly, so as to strengthen our earthly family, and to continue to perform great deeds. Empower and embolden us to bring peace and justice in this world as one family under your banner of love. In your most holy name we pray. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. The verse of the day is Psalm chapter 23, verses 1 through 4. The Lord is my shepherd, there is nothing I lack. In green pastures he makes me lie down. To still waters he leads me, he restores my soul. He guides me along right paths for the sake of his name. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff comfort me. Welcome back to another episode of the UCC Podcast. It Yay. is finally, yes, yes, Ella, this is finally the end of season one. I can't believe it. we made it this far. I've had a lot of great conversations and I know that this one is going to be super, super great as well. Um, today, per usual, I have a very, very, very special guest uh, for episode 10, the conclusion. I have here one of my great friends that I've met over this summer, actually. Um, she actually goes to Duke. Um, so I would not have met her under normal circumstances, but it is because of a mutual friend that we were able to meet. She is a great leader. She is a super, super um, devout Catholic that I look up to a lot, uh, and I'm very thankful to have her on my pod. So without further ado, um, Ella, would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, thanks for having me, Jason. Um, I'm Ella. I am a rising junior at Duke University. Uh, majoring in biomedical engineering and biology and yeah those are the basics I, I have a dog who I love his name is Benji and Woo! I like having long conversations over coffee so that's me yes you have coffee right now I have tea it's a bit too late for coffee for me but <laughs> whenever I see you around in like the catholic communities I'm just like super impressed by the things that you do. You talked a little bit about yourself, but I kind of wanted to put into context about where I actually met you. So you were leading at the time um, a rosary group 
at Duke called Mix and Mingle with Mary, which is something that I attended because of Tracy, our friend Tracy. Um, keep in mind, Brianna and Tracy really hate hate me right now because <laughs> they're like, how come you know Ella? You need to stop being in our circle and everything. And I'm just like, no, I just, just vibe with people. And, you know, the stuff that you did, you did out there and you are still doing right now, um, still being involved in mix, uh, Mixed and Mingle with Mary and just coming off of manifest uh, leadership, what you're doing is super, super important. And what you're doing is great stuff. So I kind of wanted to ask before we begin all of this, like what made you want to do like these intercollegiate events? Uh, what made you push to have these events online? Yeah, um, I think quarantine has been very challenging for my faith life personally and for um, a lot of my friends' faith lives. Um, it's it's definitely hard to not be in community with other people physically and also to just not be able to go to Mass um, and do all the usual things that kind of keep you accountable in faith. Um, and so... Yeah, I just saw this as a really good opportunity to extend the reach um, outside of the Duke Catholic Center community, which is amazing, um, by the way, and really get to know just people, Catholic students across across the nation. Um, and I'm really glad I we would never have met if it weren't for this. So yeah, I'm really grateful. I think it was definitely your leadership that was super inspiring for me just to be like, wow, She's like got all of this down and now she's helping out with college Catholics as well. What what were your thoughts on on that? Just doing like two two events, like one on the East Coast and now one that was originally on the West Coast but now is national. Yeah, it's definitely it is beautiful to see so many Catholic students um across the nation coming together um and and just being in community with complete strangers just united in the body of Christ and one of the most powerful moments for me at any of the intercollegiate events that we've done is just everyone making the sign of the cross together over Zoom. Um, I think that's such a powerful moment um, just to see that this is like a universal church. It's been really beautiful and I'm, I'm really excited to see where it goes and excited for it to continue. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And I mean, I know that we're ta- we talk about like sustainability. We basically talk about like, where do we want to see ourselves? Because I mean, this is a community that I recently joined, maybe everyone recently joined, but it's something that I definitely want to keep in my um, Catholic community. So I guess like, what do you think should happen so that we may have more of these powerful moments? Yeah, that's a great question. I, I've been thinking about that a lot recently, especially since people are starting school soon. And you know, school just gets in the way of of literally everything. And so I don't know, I I would love to see this, this kind of intercollegiate communication continue into the school year. Um, But I think it'll take a lot of creativity. And I'm sure, you know, we can all put our heads together and come up with something that's sustainable. But yeah, I don't know. I honestly don't know. having like that intercollegiate rosary um, certainly help even small events like that even like I mean I think that you know regardless of the size of the events I mean for me what really struck to me about these events is having like the small group aspect um, having to be able to share like what you said the universality of the Catholic Church you know it's great to see people from you know I talk to people from South Dakota from Missouri from Boston from Chicago it's and it's like 
really really cool i know that i i traveled um across the world and everything and visited different churches in different countries with different languages that i i, I don't know i honestly don't know germany i i or like sorry wow i don't know german <laughs> um I don't know Japanese. I don't know any of these foreign language, but I think it's beautiful to see the cap, the traditions still being held and everything. And that's, you know, I think we have a much easier time uh, being just uh, people from the U.S. Um, all coming together, sharing one common language. So I'm super excited to grow with this community more. Um, yeah, yeah. Going into more about the Duke aspect, what made you to seek out the Duke Catholic community? I don't know what you call what do you call it at Duke because we call ourselves yeah, we the call UCC. The, yeah, we call ourselves the DCC, Duke Catholic Center. So, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I guess coming into college, I knew I wanted to to have a strong Catholic community. Didn't really know what that would look like. I didn't really have one in high school, but I was really excited for it, and it exceeded all of my wildest expectations. I've been held up by that community throughout the past two years and I've made some really close friends through that community who have really strengthened my faith and walked with me. So yeah, I'm just really grateful for the community and it's such a, a warm and welcoming place. Yeah, I love it. Wait, so you didn't have that um, faith community in high school. So did you go to like religious ed and everything to just keep up that faith? Or do you go to church? Or like, what was that like in high school then? Yeah, I went to mass every Sunday with my parents. I would say the most formal like Catholic education that I had was confirmation classes. And that was that I don't even remember how long that was. But yeah, nothing too fancy, nothing too serious. Yeah, I went to a public school. So I... Yeah, it's funny, in high school, I, I'd always kind of dreamed of going to a Catholic high school. <laughs> I don't know why it's... that is. <laughs> yeah, that was just like a, a dream of mine, which never came to fruition. But it all worked out. I think I think the Catholic community that I found in, in college has has been really fruitful for me. Did you always, were you always called to the faith? Did you have a strong catholic background with like your parent with like your family and everything or like the community around you and that's what catapulted you even through the times when you weren't had we didn't have like that faith accessible in your high school you know not really i i didn't really hmm. my family and i don't talk about religious things very often you know we pray before meals we go to mass together or at least we used to when churches were open yeah i i think Confirmation classes were where I really first was exposed to the Catholic faith and, and young people who were um, on fire for God. But again, I wasn't really deep into it. I, I, I didn't really know anything about Catholic faith, really. I honestly, I think my interest in the faith and and my desire to have a strong Catholic communion college was all just the Holy Spirit. It was nothing like, yeah, I can't really pinpoint where it came from besides Holy Spirit. So. That is absolutely beautiful. I, yeah, that, I mean, definitely I see the Spirit moving in you and like whenever I um, interact with you. I mean, I, I, I even see it right now. So I, I, I guess it must be like super powerful for you to, you know, go to the DCC. Were you? I know that you said that it like helped you so much for the, like the past two years. You were you were involved somewhat in like leadership, right? In uh, the DCC and everything. You were a student leader. 
Yeah, um, I actually, I was an altar server for quite a while and I'm a small group leader. I've, I think I, I've been a small group leader for about a year now, so. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. Do you think that you might serve a more, is there like administrative roles in like the DCC? I'm, I don't know how the student, <laughs> student ministry team works there. So yeah, if you could tell me a little bit about that as yeah, well and then we have... your thoughts on it. Yeah, yeah. We have student directors. I don't remember what all of them do, but there are two who do um, like mass stuff and arranging kind of student participation in mass. I know there's one for volunteer work. Honestly, not really sure what the other ones do. Um, but yeah, I would love to eventually apply for the student director of liturgy, I think. Um, and they, they kind of do mass stuff and also holy hour and yeah i just i think i i've always loved participating in mass at duke um and so i think having that role would just be really exciting what about mass at duke makes it super special i think having so many young people in one place at mass is so new to me um i i did not realize <laughs> that many young people went to mass especially not in high school um so yeah, and I we also have an awesome music ministry, which I'm not a part of. I I can't I can't sing or do anything like that. But mm, yeah, really, I've heard other I've heard otherwise. I've heard I otherwise. Uh, I, don't, I don't know where you're getting this information from, <laughs> but no. Oh, do you think I get my information about the Tennessees? Of course. <laughs> oh gosh, I play piano, but that's that's about it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we have a great uh music ministry, and I think music. I know you and Brianna talked about this quite a bit, but I think music is such an important part of, of liturgy. And so, yeah, it's just, it's so refreshing to see community at mass that's so vibrant and just joyful. Whenever I looked at the Duke Catholic uh, Catholic community page, I, I, I see them and like, they're still doing mass um, in a really socially dis distanced way, um, which is super awesome in the, mark in the parking lot, which I thought like, <laughs> of course, wow, that's like yeah. so smart. And I mean, there's just like so much um, fellowship I just see from like this one community and everything. And it's really, really inspiring for me just to, um, you know, coming from my own team where I, I kind of I kind of feel definitely like the same way. The UCC has um, lit a fire in me that has made me want to, you know, be a better, better Catholic to really understand my faith more and everything. So it's amazing that the Duke community has done that for you as well. There are so many roles and, you know if you want to get involved, there is something for you. And I think that's, that's something that's really beautiful about both of our communities. Oh, absolutely. And I think like, I mean, just talking with Tracy and looking at Cal Newman as well. Um, I know Tracy said like Cal Newman has so many activities that even she as a student leader or, um, or as part of the SMT, she's like, I, I have no idea what's going on. So the stuff that you do as well, and like small groups, um, is super, super crucial in order to serve not only i guess the collegiate community but um i guess the community at large um around your your campus because do you have parishioners coming in that's not currently enrolled at duke we have a few yeah they definitely don't make up the majority but there are definitely a few gotcha yeah and does your student director do you have like executives Honestly, or is it just i don't really know. I think there are, I feel like I've heard that there's like a president or something and like a treasurer 
but I do I don't know who they are honestly <laughs> so maybe they don't exist I really don't know so yeah. but it's basically very egalitarian in the sense of oh let's just all work together we are all equal and then we take care of the community but we communicate with each other kind of like that yeah yeah exactly yeah, that's, that's a really awesome. good way of putting it basically the five the five pillars or even like multiple pillars just like uplifting a community um yeah, yeah that's, that's yeah. beautiful so the topic that you brought up today now that we're past <laughs> <laughs> all, all of that is and i think it's so wonderful that you brought up this topic because again whenever i go to one of your intercollegiate events um the mix and mingle with mary i always found myself realizing that oh my gosh i don't think i pray the rosary as much as i do uh yeah. which is bad which is which is not great because to you prayer means so much and i actually would like to ask you like what about prayer is so important to you why do you consider it probably like central to your faith life wow that's a that's a heavy question <laughs> I, yeah i think that prayer i love how people have have sometimes you know compared prayer to talking with a friend or keeping up with a friend and you wouldn't just like not talk to your friend for two weeks and then you know, call them up when you need a favor. Um, and I, I think for me, um, that's honestly how my, my prayer life has been a lot of times in college. And I think prayer is something that I'm always working on. I always struggle with, with having just the motivation to pray, the time to pray. It's so important. I can't even explain how important it is, but it's, it's difficult to, to kind of foster that prayer life. Um, especially now during uh, the pandemic when we're so isolated. It, you know, it seems like we have more time. I definitely have more time. And yet I find myself finding it more difficult to find time to pray. Yeah, it's it's hard, but it's just, it's so important. There's a kind of feeling when it comes to prayer that it's meant to be this really, I would say, it's a really intimate, you know, feeling that you have when you are praying one-on-one, -on -one, it's like a conversation, a really heart-to-heart -heart talk. But do you feel like praying in a community versus praying by yourself, like what do you feel is like the difference between that? And I don't want to say which one do you prefer, but which one do you feel that you are most called out to, especially given by the current circumstances that we live in today? I think both are are so fruitful in their own unique ways. I think we're all called to have a personal prayer life where you can really just sit down and, and be alone with God. And for me, that's the most difficult because that silence can sometimes just be so like overwhelming. And I think a lot of times when you ask God for something in prayer, at least for me, I, I can expect unreasonable things, you know. Um, but I think that that silence of being comfortable with just being alone with God is um, is such an important thing to be able to do. But at the same time, I really love community prayer, especially, I think, well, in person, I think it's always so beautiful to be able to, you know, hold people's hands and just pray together. Uh, I love when we do the Our Father at Mass and, and we can just really just be physically together, um, like physically connected and pray together. I think that's one of the most beautiful parts of Mass. I think both types of prayer are, are so fruitful. I know that 
you know, praying together in person is it's a, it, it's 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 so wonderful, and it's it's and it's inexplicable like how wonderful that that I feeling is to be into that one community. For me, it's whenever I pray with people online. There's also a different kind of feeling. I feel like so we talked about kind of like two different feelings, but then praying online. How do you feel about about that? Yeah, it's almost kind of like a third a third type of prayer. <laughs> Yeah, it can be really awkward at times. In small groups, we've been doing virtual small groups this summer, and it's always a bit strange to to pray over Zoom. But I think once we all realize that, it you know, God is not limited by poor internet or whatever. He can <laughs> work in, in whatever way. I think that's been a good learning experience to to know that it doesn't matter, you know, where we are. If we're thousands of miles apart, God can still you know, be with us when we pray together, um, even if it's over Zoom. Amen. Amen. I, I completely, I completely agree with that. And it's, it's, so you had small groups this whole entire summer? Yeah, it's, it's been so good. Yeah. Do you, is there a specific theme? Do you do novenas? Do you, what, what, what do you do in your, like, your small groups? Yeah, small groups at Duke are really cool. We actually, we read the gospel passage for, the following Sunday. And so when you get to Mass on Sunday, you've already reflected on the scripture. And so you kind of know what's up, you know? What? Um, yeah, it's it's amazing. Yeah, I think small groups over the summer too and virtually have been honestly the best part of, of my summer and of this whole quarantine situation. Just because I think a lot of people who may not have been able to make it during the year or in person because they've had other extracurricular um, commitments have had the time now um, to to come and so it's really it's been a blessing um, and definitely a silver lining of, of this whole pandemic situation. And you said that you were involved in small groups for like at least a year. So wait, were you involved in small groups your your entire time at Duke, but just became a leader like last year? Yeah, exactly. Oh, I. Oh. I joined one freshman year, and then sophomore year, um, I started leading one. So, how many people are in your small group? Like, how small? Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. I think this summer we've had consistently about eight people. Wow. Um, yeah. Our last group, I think we had ten. Oh my goodness! It's been so awesome, Jason. I really, man, I love my small group. We actually were really small during the year. We had four members including me and one of them was my co-leader <laughs> so there were really only two like outside members I mean it was an awesome group don't get me wrong um <laughs> the four of us we were you know we were a power team it was good um but <laughs> yeah sometimes sometimes small is is great too you know but I think since we've expanded quite a bit, it's it's really nice to have um, so many people join us and, and have so many different perspectives. It's been good. We've also had some like incoming freshmen join us, which has been really exciting. What? That's yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wait. Yeah. So if you had to uh, guesstimate, or maybe you actually know the number, how many people are involved in small groups at at Duke, at the DCC? Oh gosh, I I don't want to like get this number wrong. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't I don't want to say a number and have it be totally off. So I I will not give that estimate. It would just be a total guess. Um, um, but it's like there's like a sizable amount. 
yeah and yeah we have quite a few I think we have like five or six undergrad small groups and I want to say five grad student small groups as well so I'm trying to do quick maths here so you said six and five so I'm gonna guess 110 I'm just kidding maybe like yeah. like 50 to 110 <laughs> okay next. yeah yeah give that's a wide so... range maybe like between 50 and 200 we'll, we'll go with that so, and how many people are that are usually at the dcc do you feel like at mass or in general just in general in general oh gosh again with the numbers jason uh <laughs> you know this is a big number no show idea. there there are a lot of people a lot we'll we'll go with that a lot like wait <laughs> yes. is is duke like really is there like a huge catholic community at duke like a huge huge it's pretty sizable, I would wow. say. Yeah, we have three masses every weekend, and there are quite a few people at each of them. Sorry, this is all super vague and nonspecific, and no, <laughs> you're probably really no confused at this point. No, but no, no. I, that... I, that's. Go ahead. I got, I got the general vibe. So, like at the UC, at at UCLA, UCLA big, big campus, big community, right? And I was like, okay, yeah, but how many people are actually Catholic? And then when I went to like um, the Ash Wednesday masses, the Easter Sunday masses, and it just orders just like mass in general. Ten thirty is always packed, and there's always people at seven. And people like me, sometimes I uh, have stuff in the morning on Sundays and everything, um, or I'm just like, hmm, ten thirty a.m. mass, not my not my type. I'll just go for the nine p.m. one, the latest one possible. <laughs> there were people there too, so I was like, yeah. oh my gosh, like there's so many people at UCLA that are like Catholic, Catholic. I was like, oh my goodness, yeah. so wow and this is a whole year thing this is like it doesn't stop in the summer yeah um usually summer small groups have been much smaller when you know people kind of disperse for the summer but since people are home this summer or mostly at home I think it's been a good opportunity to just keep it going and I think at this point everyone's kind of longing for that community and wanting to just keep in touch with faith in some way and so yeah it's been a really fruitful ministry for sure everything kind of makes sense now in the way that you lead it's so small group based like <laughs> the rosary is so like okay i understand your thoughts and your focus on everything which is okay yeah i mean i love this i love this aspect of like small groups and everything so thank you for like bringing that into into my life are there any other activities that that duke does in like the summer or like year in, during the year that you're like wow this is cool i i totally jo i'll totally join that or like i am joining or maybe like you've considered joining those programs yeah the duke catholic center retreats are awesome i I think I've gone to like almost all of them, honestly, oh that they've goodness. offered, except for one. I, I've gone to all but one, um, so quite a few, and I feel like each one is better than the last. Um, <laughs> there's always something that I take away from it. There's always something that I, that'll, you know, always remember um, and go back to. So yeah, retreats are awesome. And they're just, you know, it's so nice to get away from campus sometimes and just take the weekend off. So, yeah. Are y'all going to have virtual retreats this uh, fall semester then? Yeah, we've actually been having them throughout the summer as well. So What? Yeah, You're so we, active. What? I think we've had one, one every month. Yeah, the DCC staff is, is awesome. And they they just, they go at it. They, they never stop. So. so they literally said, 
during like everything shutting down like March, you're like, oh, well, I, guess, I mean, I guess we'll transition online. All right, it's time to make new plans. So they, they, they literally were just like, all right, we're just going to do something still. Yeah, yeah, oh really. My gosh. That is, wow. yeah, they're amazing. The, the devil works hard, but DCC staff works harder. <laughs> that is what Honestly, I've learned. Yes, I love that. Yeah, that is so true. Oh my gosh. I, I, I see why now that you are so... I know that that's such an uplifting community and that I feel like that's a community that empowers you. I think in regardless of whatever community that you're a part of, um, I think it's important that they they nurture you. They don't baby you per se, but they like empower you to do great things. So did you ever envision yourself as a leader or did you feel like it was kind of like a natural thing to become kind of like a student leader, leading all all of these small groups, um, leading small even the small groups that included like um intercollegiate stuff like was that a natural thing definitely not i never saw myself as a leader i i'm super introverted and in high school i would get so nervous to raise my hand in class like i my heart would start pounding i would get really just like red in the face i just i you know i was just very very quiet and shy and so i definitely never envisioned myself becoming a leader. I think it's always something that I hoped for and desired, but I love that word that you used of, of empowered. Um, I definitely think that the DCC has done that for me and for a lot of other students. And I think something that's been really helpful for me is knowing that you don't have to be this picture-perfect Catholic who's already a saint, you know, to be a small group leader or, or to do, you know, this intercollegiate stuff. You know, you can just I mean, look at the 12 disciples, right? I, the first small group ever. Um, how they oh were my all so imperfect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's been a really powerful thing for me is to know that, you know, I can come as I am. I can work on the things that I need to work on, but at the same time, trust that um, God is using me somehow. And, and as long as I, I trust that, I can, I can be a leader. Um, in whatever way that is absolutely fantastic again one of the one of the many things i i admire about you is that you it's definitely a lead by faith and a lead by example kind of kind of thing how did you manage to reach out to columbia by any chance because you know astrid's like super awesome and all that stuff but dang columbia is also active what the heck like oh gosh yeah you know i honestly don't know i don't even remember <laughs> how we did outreach for that first event i it could have been like a it, I don't, I honestly have no idea, but it's so cool that we're now like in this little group of people that we would have never met before. Um, so yeah, it's been awesome. And now we're, and now we're doing outreach to like, I don't know, a hundred different, maybe even more colleges and everything. So yeah. Yeah. That's... Jason, you're awesome at outreach. You are unmatched in outreach. <laughs> I No, I think I'm definitely matched because, okay, so I've been DMing a, like probably a couple, like a couple schools and everything. And then they basically, you know, some of them were like, this kid, he's trying to like sell us something. He's definitely scamming <laughs> us. So they completely ignored me. I've had, so as, as I was doing 
uh, as I was DMing these schools multiple times, um, I see my previous message. It was like red and everything, and I was like, ah, okay. I think they're gonna they're gonna do the same thing. They're gonna ghost me. Um, some schools didn't, which I'm just super grateful for. But I I, I will say that some co- some schools have been like, we're not trying to buy a product, and I'm like, I'm not trying to sell anything though. Yeah. But I think um, I I I I think that with outreach, you just gotta be bold. I'm a meathead, you know. I just like yeah. don't think about half the stuff I say it's just like I'm just like ah, I'm just I'm, I'm gonna go all in and all that stuff yeah. um but you know I think it's it's definitely you know in everything that I do it's definitely intentional um I want to bring a community I want to create a community just like you you've you've done just like you know Eugene has done Astrid has done uh, Matthew's do and like you know all the people that we've known are so um inspiring so incredible because of just this one thing it's just like let's create a community in a time where there is no community i'm always gonna be grateful i'm always gonna be thanking you i'm gonna be be thanking eugene and all that stuff so um again really really exciting thing um but everything has to be rooted in prayer i believe um because without prayer i think that that's like you lose the foundation. You lose the foundation for a lot of things. So I've been, I've been attempting to pray a lot. Uh, I've been, uh, I've been like just like conversing more and just praying with other people as well. I don't know. Some people say that, you know, actions. You need to have action, um, more so than prayer. Or maybe people say like you need to have both, but you need to take action after praying. Or some people also just believe like prayer alone can save the world um so i guess like what are what are your thoughts on on that i definitely think that prayer should always come first but action should always be there as well um in some ways i think that having that strong prayer life makes those actions easier um Mm. and holier i guess um so Yeah, I think like you said, you know, all this outreach that we've been doing, that you've been doing mostly, um, is rooted in prayer. And and I think, you know, you you Mm -hmm. mentioned a lot of schools either ignoring you or, you know, whatever. And I I think it's definitely, it takes a leap of faith to to be able to do that and and accept that some people are going to say no or ignore you. Um, So props to you for that but also like yeah I think I think having being rooted in prayer and knowing that like no matter if if these schools ghost you or you know whatever (laughs) happens I'm doing this for God and and um, I'm praying about it and letting God take care of it um, whatever that looks like um, at the end of the day that's the best thing you could do so I know I I always say like 200 or bust in a in a very joking manner (laughs) but I don't think it's about the numbers. I think it's about the people that you impact. I would rather impact like 10 people than to reach out to a thousand people coming to an event and like have none of them be changed. Um, the speaker of um, the last manifest talk, you know, he, he basically said, I, after this talk, I hope that you feel different and everything. I, I, I don't want you to be, um change i mean i'm totally butchering his words but um also by the way great talk um i just yeah. i loved his talk paul albert's amazing but it's like 
this talk should mean something to you. This talk should change you, maybe even empower you to do things. And so, I mean, like, I know I was feeling, I was feeling some kind of way afterwards. I was just like, wow, prayer, amazing. And then reaching out to other uh, people, um, your brothers and sisters in the body of Christ is always, you have to, you have to not stay asleep. You have to like be awake. You have to be mindful of other people. So I think that's what, I think that's what prayer does. I think prayer opens up your mind to a lot of things. Yeah. You were talking about like how numbers really aren't, aren't a big deal. And I, you know, I think that's so true. I think again, back to the 12 disciples, like Jesus started small, you know, and he took these random people (laughs) and look at what he created. Right. Um, so yeah, I think it, it can sometimes, we can always, it's easy to get caught up in like, I want 200 people, which is awesome. Like we should have goals. Um, but at the same time, is really beautiful to just keep that in mind of you know even if we just touch one person that you know that person's gonna do something else and it's gonna have this ripple effect and so um yeah love that love that reflection Jason is that that's so focused I feel like do you like do you have focus missionaries in your school too or no we do not but uh one of the one of the previous staff members has moved on to be a focus missionary at UConn. Um, wow. So. Wow. Yeah. yeah I honestly don't I, know a lot about focus, but. I'm yeah. definitely going to butcher this. So to any focus missionary listening to this, I apologize in advance if I got this wrong. But, you know, one of the things that one of the focus missionaries, again, because I'm scared of getting it wrong. I'm not going to say who it was. <laughs> so, um. <laughs> I think they were explaining to me that, you know, you basically create one disciple. You basically uh, empower one individual and they will empower one another as well. It's like that chain effect, um, you know? And so if you basically focus your energy onto like one person and, you know, you teach them and everything, it's like, you know, that's all, that's all good and all that stuff. And I, I think that's absolutely beautiful. Again, to touching that one life, so important. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm gonna just like probably an egregious example, but Saul was a Saul before he became Paul was a very um, not so great man. You know, killed killed a lot of Christians, uh, did a lot of bad stuff. You know, um, but after he was touched by the uh, Holy Spirit, after he was touched by God, Paul was. Um, you know, change. And he basically had disciples. He basically reflected on his work. He did so many good things. That was the work of one individual. And so, you know, his disciples went on to do great things as well. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's like, that's like the work of like what one can do and what, um, you know, being touched by the Holy Spirit does as well. I, and I feel like yeah. for me, I'm always that kind of person that is so, embedded in the theological aspects of things like sometimes i feel so bad when i mess up on one word of a prayer when i don't even completely know a prayer as well so yeah i don't know what are your thoughts like should we remember all of the prayers should we should we make a conscious effort to know every prayer that we know heart to heart or it's like there's kind of like some wiggle room for that Mm. yeah i Man, I think there's a lot of power in memorizing prayer. Um, 
Like, I think a lot of Catholics would agree that, you know, the Hail Mary and the Our Father is something they could, you know, recite in their sleep. Um, and I think there's something so beautiful about that. But at the same time, I think a lot of times we're hard on ourselves and we we really expect a lot of ourselves. And that's good in some ways. But I think we can be too hard on ourselves. Um, and that can be that can prevent us from from like taking steps that God would want us to take. I, I think, I don't know, I, I guess with small groups circling back to that, I I wish that I were sometimes a better example to, to my small group members. And um, I kind of place that pressure on myself of like, I should know everything about the Catholic Church so that when they ask questions, I can answer all of them. Um, but obviously, like, I, I don't know everything. And there's still <laughs> a lot of places where I, I really want to grow in my faith and yet that doesn't stop me from being a small group leader. <laughs> uh, so I think being like open about, you know, hey, I'm not perfect. There are a lot of things I don't know um, and still working to learn those things while trusting that God is still using you where you are right now is um, really important and has been important for me. Again, wonderfully, wonder wonderfully said. And it harkens back to one of the things that you said in the beginning, towards the beginning of this pod, where, you know, you don't have to be the greatest Catholic to do good things. You don't need to be super, super saintly and everything. Um, I think that there's also sometimes a trap whenever you feel like, oh, I am a saint or I am really, really good. Um, you hear it in the story of Job whenever you hear one of Job's friends basically saying like, oh, how come you don't know God? I know God. I know God more than you and everything. I feel like that holier than thou kind of um, attitude is just so toxic at times in our church, yeah. you know? I feel like yeah. it's we're, we're trying to unite people together. We're not trying to put down other people for their lack of knowledge. And even if they do have a lack of knowledge, it's, let's educate them in the most merciful way. Like, merciful way. Let's, yeah. let's be nice to one another, you know? There's a grace in being able to effectively um, educate and everything. And I mean, there's a difference, I think, between very stern education, which is, you know, necessary at times, you know. Sometimes you need a priest to just be like, this is what's going on in the church. Uh, you should know about it, but I'll teach you about it. So versus like, you know, them waving um, like what, $100 bills over you and you like basically make you try to reach out and grab it and all of that <laughs> stuff. So it's like, you yeah. know, it's a very taunting kind of way. What are your What are your thoughts on I guess the other spectrum of like the people who are holier, who ha who present themselves in a holier than thou attitude and how can we check ourselves to not get to that mm -hmm. level? Yeah. Wow. That's, that's a really good question. I think, you know, I don't know where this image came from, but this conversation is just brought to mind. Like, I, you know, this could just be a figment of my imagination, but it's so wrong to try and reach heaven by stepping on other people and, and like climbing on top of other people in that we're all running the race together and we should all really just run it together, you know, as a team. And yeah, you know, I just love that imagery of, of running with people towards heaven. Um, and I think at times you need to pull other people along with you when they need it um, and vice versa when you need the help. Sometimes it's being dragged along, um, but that's so necessary. Um, and yeah, I've really seen that a lot in my life as 
as my friends have done that for me. Yeah, I think it's it's tough. I, I don't think I've personally met people who, who have that kind of holier-than-thou attitude, um, but I'm sure they exist out there. In terms of keeping ourselves in check, you know, I think it all, it really just goes back to prayer. Prayer is the answer to everything. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> Amen. Um, yeah, but I think asking for for the gift of humility um yeah i think i think that's that's what it boils down to humility humility is absolutely key just to know that i mean i don't i, I think joe's friend got a little bit scolded by god at the end of that whole uh, book and everything i could, I could be wrong i don't even know joe's friend's name because it's so hard <laughs> but yeah i think that um you know that's why whenever you said that, you don't have to be a, a quote-unquote good ca- good Catholic. I mean, you try your best. You try your best, right? Um, but that doesn't mean that you are less worthy of doing such great things. God, God works in you, and God gives you the graces uh, to allow you to do amazing things to do His will and everything. So, yeah, yeah that's amen. incredible. What, what do you want to improve more? You said that you kind of wanted to, like, um, I guess we all want to improve on our faith. So what's like one thing that, you know, you might do uh, to improve your faith? What's like, what's one part of the faith that you might want to know more? I personally would love to be more well-versed in scripture. Um, I don't really read the Bible too often. And so that's something like outside of small groups, um, I don't. And so that's something where I definitely would like to know more. Also, I think for me, being more comfortable with reaching out to people and uh, like we talked about earlier, being okay with with receiving a no for an answer is something that I really need to work on. Um, I think a lot of times like when I've reached out to someone and they've said no, I really just, you know, beat myself up for it. Like, man, what did I say wrong? Like, you know, and I just spiral down that hole when I, I think even then, when there's a no, God is still working. And so I think that's something that, that I that I also want to work on. Um, yeah. I think, I mean, it's so hard to receive those rejections for sure. Um, I just think as me, me as a person, you know, I'm very much used to um, rejections. I, I mean, I even got rejections from my grades, you know. So, you know, <laughs> hopefully not rejections from grad schools, but we'll see. Um, oh <laughs> big sad. Um <laughs> But no, there is that sort of um, grace that God gives you in order to shoulder on of these rejections because it's so hard. Um, at the end of the day, we're all human. We want approval from others. We're very social creatures and we want to be well-liked as much as much as we uh, train ourselves to say, you know, I don't need people in my life. I am strong. I am independent. I don't need them. You you do need those interactions, um, you know. At least according to what I've what I've learned in like psychology and everything, so or in my, like my psych classes. But I want to also tie it back to the thing, the central, um, I guess, topic of our talk and everything, which is prayer. You know, through prayer, we are able to do great things. So I don't know what's like a strategy, I suppose, that we can do. Uh, we can, I don't know, to grow our prayer life. Um, I know people say. 15 minutes a day. Paul Albert says uh, 15, 15 in the morning, 15 at night, and then expand it and everything. Um, what are some of your t- tips and tricks for us to be better in prayer and conversation with the Lord? 
Yeah, I think, especially now being home, um, or maybe not even home, but for a lot of people being more isolated and with a few people for extended periods of time, um, sometimes can get exhausting and and I have found myself getting annoyed at small things you know that my parents do or whatever and so I think bringing Jesus into those moments and just offering little moments of my day to God um, has been really fruitful for me um, in that you know if I'm on the verge of of getting annoyed or something I'll, I'll ask God for hey can you just help me out in this situation right now um, and that's been really good for me. Um, but also, I think it is important to have those extended periods of, of prayer time. Um, and what's been really good for me this summer, and I talk about this all the time, I feel like, but I, me and one of my good friends from Duke, um, she and I have been doing uh, the Psalms together. And so every day we read a Psalm and... <gasps> um, yeah, we text a reflection that we write, like a prayer reflection on the psalm to each other. And so I think we're on like 87 or something. Um, and it's just, man, I I think that has really saved my prayer life this summer <laughs> is having a friend to hold me accountable. Um, so yeah, I would also say like, don't be afraid to to lean on other people if you need it. Um to, to keep yourself accountable. Um, because I honestly, I need that all the time. And it's, it's been so, so good for me. So what you're saying is prayer buddies. Yes. Yes, <laughs> exactly. I love that. Um, I've been reading, um, the Bible. I've been trying to read the old Testament like every day. Um, sometimes with or without, um, you know, a friend or, you know, other people. So it's like, you know, sometimes sometimes it's hard. Sometimes we read on our own. Sometimes we uh, read together and all that stuff. But man, I I mean, I, I feel like whenever I read with another person, I think it's super, super awesome. I think it's super amazing. Yeah. And we can reflect on that in prayer as well. So that's just, you know, ourselves closer to the Lord. Like, it's, I mean, how much of that do you feel like it takes up your day, like Psalm? I would say each time I do that, it's 15 to 20 minutes, um, which is good. I feel like it's a good a good goal for me to set, you know, 15 minutes of my day. I'm just going to sit and read and pray. Um, I've never, I don't think I've ever read like a book from the Old Testament from beginning to end. Um, so I'm really excited for this. And I... They're just, they're so beautiful, you know? Some oh, of them yeah. are a little confusing, but they're so beautiful. <laughs> Most of them, I feel like, are basically like, thank thank the Lord. And even we're, we're, yeah. we're suffering, but thank God. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. yes. Um, yeah. And I, I think it's amazing that you put one of the Psalms uh, as like the verse of the day. So I, I really thank you so much for that. Um, yeah. I kind of wanted to ask about the... I think you've you've mentioned about like um or like you've alluded to just like this virtuous friendship that you have um in reading the psalms together do you feel like how important is it to have these virtuous friendships um fr friendships that make you grow in faith oh it's so important i i would not 
be where I am. That sounds dramatic, but I really would not be where I am today if it weren't for these faith-filled friendships. And um, I think friendships where the other person isn't Catholic or Christian, they can also be so fruitful. Um, but at the same time, I think faith is so important to me that it's it can be difficult to not be able to share that part of yourself with someone mm. else um, who you love so much. Um, and so, yeah, I think it's really powerful to, to just know that you can reach out to someone when you need someone to pray for you. Um, I, I just, I think that's, that's so important to just have someone that, that can do that for you um, and to be that person for someone else as well. So um, yeah, that's one of the things that I'm most grateful for uh, in terms of, of college life is virtuous friendships. Yeah, it's so, so important to have that. Um, I mean, I still have virtuous friendships from like my middle school. I mean, unfortunately, it had to be Brianna and Tracy, uh, but thankfully, Nathan <laughs> as well. But you know, they, they really helped me in like my faith life and everything. And that's not to say that, I guess, uh, my other friendships who I admire very much, um, my friends, Emily, Nevada, and Sophia and Michael as well, like they, they elevate me to grow um, as well. I mean, they're not, well, Emily and Micah are Catholic, but uh, Nevada and Sophia aren't. Um, they help. I feel like you know they help me to grow as well to challenge myself to understand the faith because they want to know more about um, the Catholic faith. They want to know more about like what what's it, what's it, what's it all about. How how do I perceive things as a Catholic as well? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I'm definitely grateful for like the friendships that I have. Um, the virtuous yeah. friendships um, are just so incredibly um, amazing. You you need to have that. And so yeah. it's like, agreed. Um, yeah. I guess going to like wrap up on, on time and everything, because I know it's been about an hour, but so thank you. Thank you so much for yeah. everything. Um, before we, before I get to the last question though, um, how, how did you, okay. So, you know, Brianna and Tracy, because your parents know each other. I don't know. This may or may not be in the pod, but I just, I'm just curious. Yeah. Yeah, our dads are really close friends, so I don't even know how well I must have known Brianna and Tracy since I was a kid. But I do I distinctly remember like a hallway in their house and like I don't even know what we were doing, but we stayed over one time and it was it was a blast. But and fond memories with Brianna and Tracy. <laughs> and they stayed over at your house as well, something like that? They have before i think yeah i can't quite remember but they definitely yeah they've been here they think that this is the weirdest i think they're gonna skip it okay i don't think they're gonna skip it but i think they want to skip (laughs) this episode just because they're like they can't believe that we we know each other like that's so funny yeah that must be quite strange (laughs) and especially um they're um yeah Mr. Tan as well. Mr. Tan, I mean, Mr. Tan's like, what the? <laughs> what? How does he know my fr- oh my my friend's daughter? And I was just like, oh, <laughs> yeah. And the Catholic community, the Catholic, the Catholic yeah. Indonesian community always finds each other. Let me just say that. Yeah, ah. totally. So, yeah, it's just it's it's just wild. They're gonna they're gonna just like, yeah, they're already they're already hating it, but it's okay. You know what? I'm <laughs> I'm great. I'm grateful for um 
this conversation. Do you have any um, final words that you'd like to say to the listeners of the UCC pod? Man, I think everything's going to be okay. I think that's something that I've really needed to hear uh, throughout this whole situation, that everything will be okay. And yeah, thanks so much for having me on the pod, Jason. This is really cool what you're doing. And yeah, super exciting. Thank you so much, honestly, for like being a part of this pod. And I guess for having this wonderful, wonderful conversation to wrap up um, season one and everything. I, again, I just, I just think it's so cool that I get to know people like you. And I hope to, do, um, I don't know, get to grow with you. I hope I get to um, know, I hope we both get to know other people. Uh, as well through like the connections that we make um, in um, just these wonderful intercollegiate events or even maybe I'll just like stop by Duke one time you know virtually yeah, and all that stuff do. Be, that, uh, that'd be that'd be amazing I'm t- I I was taking a online neuroscience class at Duke uh, where he showed no me he way. was he was yeah he was um he actually was the author of my textbook and he was sh- shown running <laughs> wild yeah you have amazing professors he was running in like the forest and he was talking about motor neurons. And I was like, hmm, this is very interesting. Um, I, I haven't been back on. <laughs> I, I totally like life, life totally escaped me. I started playing Minecraft. I started playing Toontown. I, I just started like doing other stuff. But um, yeah, Duke, wow. wonderful. I can't wait to hear all the amazing stuff that you and the DCC do. So yeah. Thanks, Jason. Yes. Thank you for being awesome. Um. We're going to end in a closing prayer like we usually do. So, um, in the name of the Father and Son and Holy Spirit, amen. Come Holy Spirit, teach us how to pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the many blessings that you have given us throughout our lives. We thank you for the gifts of conversation, of knowledge, of wisdom, and of fellowship that you have given to us at the UCC community and the other collegiate communities around the nation. We ask that you bless us in all the days of our lives and bring peace to our homes and communities. Lord, I ask that you continue to help us grow in our knowledge and to cultivate a spirit of learning until we are received in your heavenly embrace. Help us to search for understanding and for truth. May we continue to be scholars in all aspects of our lives, and may we always perform actions that are in accordance with your will. We ask this in the name of Jesus, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Spirit, amen. The music used in this episode, a very brilliant special by Kevin McLeod, license under Creative Commons, and Cheery Monday by Kevin McLeod, license under Creative Commons. Our producer for this podcast is Dylan Jonati. Special thanks to our guest, Ella Gonati, and to the UCC podcast team, Chloe Alvis, Dylan Jonati, Joshua Herring, and Isabella Richards. I couldn't have done this without you all. Thanks for listening. 